Hi, I'm Isabel, and I'm listening to the Culture Matters podcast. Build your cultural competence. Listen to interesting stories. Learn about the cultural fails and how to avoid them. Get the global perspective here at Culture Matters on International Business. Your host, Chris Smith, has a plan. A plan for people who are looking for a solution. He makes you understand cultural diversity better by interviewing real people with real experiences. Every episode, he interviews a prominent guest who will tell you his or her story and share international experiences, making you more cultural competent. And now, here's your host, Chris Smith. Hey, hello. My name is Chris Smith, and you're listening to the Culture Matters Podcast. We are on episode number 114-114. If you have not, not subscribed to this podcast, this is an excellent moment to do so. You go to iTunes, and you click the five-star rating, and subscribe yourself to this podcast. Today, we have Isabel Cortez. Isabel Cortez was born in Colombia, but grew up being the odd one-out Colombian by going to a private school, working in France and Belgium, and we cover several aspects of life in Colombia, including a few words on how drugs have made a huge impact on Colombian life. Let's get straight to the interview. It's time for this week's guest at Culture Matters. Isabel, good morning. Um, I think it's good morning, isn't it, where you are? Yeah, it is. It's, it's good morning for me. Okay, it's good morning for you. That's good. So, we have you um, on the show. We're at episode number 114, 114, the Culture Matters podcast. Um, we had a bit of an introduction talk, and uh, like I said, this is the first time that I I really did not prepare anything Rather than you know, link up the Skype uh, link that we're using at this moment to to have this uh, this talk, uh, but I think we're just gonna s- not wing it. We're, we're just gonna see where we go with this conversation because your background is quite interesting. So tell us a little bit about yourself, and, and not the whole background story as we we were talking before I hit record, but just a little bit about uh, who you are, where you are right now, um, where you're from, and okay. uh, and then we'll take it from there if that's okay. Okay. Well, okay. I was born. I was born in Colombia. Uh, I am currently in Colombia, in Cali, which is my hometown. Uh-huh. Um, but I've lived in four different countries, and I have experienced uh, a lot of uh, cultural, I would say, um, environments. Uh, uh-huh. Also, in in at work, for example, like professionally speaking. Uh, and I love traveling, and uh-huh. I speak three languages. Three, okay. Give, first, give me the four countries. Okay, so I've lived uh, in Colombia, of course. Uh-huh. I've lived in the U.S. Uh-huh. I lived in France, and I lived in Belgium. Okay. Now, out of my, um, just to satisfy my um, curiosity, what's in Belgium? I mean, I'm asking because <laughs> I am actually in Belgium myself. So, what is in Belgium? Because nobody goes to Belgium, which is also not true. I know. <laughs> well. Uh, this was uh, for work, actually. I was working with um, uh, a big company, and they had their European base in Brussels. Mm-hmm. So they asked me to move there to help them set up uh, the operational side of the company, and mm-hmm. I did. And I, I lived in Brussels for, I would say, maybe eight months, more or less. Okay. It wasn't long. Um, but, yeah, I was there for, for a time. I mean, the reason the company had their office in Brussels was because the manager yeah. – uh, 
he's Dutch, but his wife doesn't speak Dutch, so he decided to move to Brussels with her, so it would be easier for her to communicate right. with other people. Because she was French-speaking. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, okay, that makes good sense. Um, and then the three languages? English, Spanish, and French. And French, okay, all right. Well, French and Spanish is, is, is close. So if you speak either one of them, it's, uh, it's a lot easier to learn the other one, isn't it? Uh, no, not really. Not I mean, you would say they're similar because they're Romance uh, tongues, and it's true, but conjugation in both languages is yeah, very yeah, different. Yeah. Yeah, and true. so it, it, was, it, was, it wasn't, I mean, I would say it was hard to learn. When I started learning French, I actually starting at the Alliance Francaise here in, in Cali. Uh -huh. But when I moved to France, that was a whole different ballgame for me. I, it was a lot easier to pick the language when I was immersed in it than yeah. it was to actually see it in a classroom. Yeah, yeah, I can relate to that because I'm actually at this moment I'm studying Spanish. I'm in my third year, and um, I I spent a, a month last year in Guatemala. Mm -hmm. and that has helped. I mean, towards the end, I was able to understand a lot more about this this quickly rattling on languages or language that the family was uh, was um, was speaking. So yes, um, that indeed helps. Um, so let's go back to uh, to the very first first beginning. I mean, you were born, and then the, this is a story you've told me already, but I'd like you to to tell it to the audience as well. You told me that you grew up in in Cali, in Colombia. Yes. Um, but very different from all the other, say, stand, I'm making air quotes here, standard Colombians. So tell us a little bit about what happened and why do you think you're different or why are you different? Okay. So I was born uh, in the early 80s. Uh -huh. And uh, this is a very religious country, as many people know already, uh, very ca Catholic. And it's not only about the religion, but also there are many things about the religion that um, are important in our culture, like socially speaking. Mm -hmm. uh, some of the social guidelines, you would say, are actually guided, pardon the redundance, but they're, they take a, a cue from the religion, to put it in a way. Okay. Um, my parents were both um, born into Catholic families, but at some point in life, they decided they didn't want to raise me and my sister, I have a younger sister, they didn't want to raise us Catholic. They just wanted us to grow up and, and choose because when you're born, nobody asks you if you want to be baptized. No. Uh, they just do it because it's a family tradition or yeah. it's a cultural tradition. Right. My parents were not, they didn't agree with that. They didn't really care about religion that much. So they said, let's just let them, you know, they can grow up and just, you know, make the choice themselves. Yeah. Um, so that's that's one of the things. The other thing is I, my parents were very, uh, especially my dad, he was very uh, open-minded towards everything that the other countries and other experiences with cultures could actually give you uh, in terms of not only being there, but also learning from them. Mm -hmm. So we started traveling when we were very young, traveling abroad when we were mm -hmm. very, very young, which is also, I mean, at the time of the, at this time of, of in, uh, at this moment in time, sorry. Um, it was, it wasn't very, it wasn't very easy because, you know, plane tickets were extremely expensive and it, there was just so many people that could actually do that. Mm -hmm. And also my, they understood when we were born that they had to, I mean, the world, they, they just saw this globalization was about to happen basically. Uh -huh. And so they understood that me and my sister, we needed to have the tools to be able to move around the world when mm -hmm. we grew up. So they paid private school for both of us, mm -hmm. a bilingual private school. So we started learning English when we were four years old. We right. just started pre-K. Uh -huh. So we've been bilingual since we were six. Yeah. Um, 
I consider English my second mother tongue, to put yeah. it in a way. Yeah. So that's, uh, I would say that's, uh, that's different from many, many people at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, things have changed, but also um, in terms of, you know, just being raised uh, as women in Colombia, mm-hmm. as you know, this is a very like sexist country and it's a very, ma- there's a lot of macho thing going mm-hmm. on, like the men always have to be better than women in, in many, in many ways. And they yeah. usually call the shots. My parents were very different. They have a, they have a different relationship between them. And um, what I saw from my generation is that most women were actually raised just to find a husband. So yeah. they were raised to get married to a suitable man that would um, take care of them financially mm-hmm. and just to have kids, basically. Yeah. So it didn't matter if they were smart, if they were knowledgeable if they were interested in culture or, right. or any other thing. They just had to be pretty. Yeah. Be pretty, and, have uh, babies and go to the kitchen. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, no, no, not even go to the kitchen. They would have their own, you know, help at home. So they would have their right. own cooks. They would have their own. So uh, most many people that I know that I grew up with are actually, you know, uh, housewives. Um, and that for me was never an option at home. I remember my dad, uh, when I was very young, he would tell me and my sister, uh, I want you guys to finish mm-hmm. your education. I want you to go to college, university, get a, a master's degree, because mm-hmm. when you decide to settle down with someone, you're not going to depend financially on this person, because if something happens, if something goes wrong, you're not going to stay with someone just because they're paying for your bills. You'll be able to go out into the right. world and continue being independent, being your yeah. own self. And, and taking care of yourself, you know, and I actually, I appreciate this uh, so much from my parents. Like for me, I'm very thankful. And that, so I grew up with a very different mindset. Can I, can I ask you a question about that? You grew up with a different mindset because your, your parents were, were enlightened, if you want, or just wanted to have you uh, had a different future in mind for you. Uh, or mm-hmm. at least giving you the option and choice. How did the rest of you, because you mentioned social guidelines as well. How did the others, I mean, the, the, the surroundings around you, the people around you look at that and maybe even closer, closer related family? Well, my family, I would say they agreed with my parents, um, the closest family, I would say, because my, my grandparents were very concerned about educating their children. And mm-hmm. so were my parents and my aunts and my uncles, everyone, you know, they're, they're on the same boat. To yeah. put it in a way. Okay. Uh, but I also have to say that most of my cousins actually grew out, grew up out of yeah. the country. Right. They were okay. born uh, in the U.S. and they, so it's a whole different dynamic. Yeah. Um, but regarding the um, society around me, I was bullied a lot when I was a kid. Right. I was bullied a lot. I was because of this. Yes, because mm-hmm. I just didn't. I just didn't adjust to what they expected a girl of my bringing to be like. And also I was, I was just strange for them, I would say. And, uh, I was actually, I was, uh, I consider myself a a very smart person and I actually got a a very, very high uh, scores when I was in school. Like I got very good grades. And so that I was the nerdy girl and they just, I just wasn't part of their clique. I wasn't part of their group. I didn't. I, they they didn't see me as fitting in, and I didn't feel that I fit in either. Okay. So. On, on the other hand, I mean, you're born in Colombia. Um, you yeah. grew up in Colombia. Your parents are Colombian. Your family is Colombian. 
yeah. you you must understand why you did not fit in. I mean, it's it, because you understand, you would also understand how to fit in. You would know how to, and I'm making air quotes again, you would know how to play the game, so to speak. Yes, but I, I, I think I was, um, I just wanted to be myself, you know, I just mm -hmm. wanted to be authentic. I didn't want to play their game because I just didn't feel, I just didn't feel comfortable at all. Right. Um, it just wasn't my, it wasn't my nature. And I, well, I got to travel when I was still in school. So for me, every time I traveled, it was a little bit of an escape yeah. to all of this. So just meeting people from other countries, other cultures, talking about things that were meaningful for me. Right. And as soon as I finished high school, that's when I moved to France for the first time. I actually lived in France. So it was the first time it was 10 months. The second time it was three years. Mm -hmm. So that was the, I moved to France and this was actually to just to learn French. Mm -hmm. uh, that was an eye opener, like big eye opener for me as well. It's just to see that there was a, like so much more out there in the world. And there were people that would actually appreciate me. Can you sum up some of the differences that you encountered? Because, I mean, we are all fish in our own bowl, right? You might be the odd one, the odd fish in your own Colombian bowl, if you want. I am the maybe the odd Dutch in my Dutch bowl, if that makes any sense. But people tend to realize they have a culture of their own when they're being taken out of their own culture, being put in another yeah. culture, right? And so you, you, you set foot in France, and what happens to most people when they encounter a new culture or get in touch with a new culture is they most the the the, the biggest percentage is uh, people look at this in a negative way okay well, it's 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 like they it's like well they're they're strange i mean if you go to china if westerns go to china it's like well, these chinese they're strange i mean they chinese are not strange they are only different right nobody's yeah. nobody's strange everybody's just different you know, it's, That's so, true. so what did you notice as being, as being one of those, those eye openers? What was the three biggest eye openers? Okay. Wow. Uh, that's a good question. Or I would one. say, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I would say, um, it wasn't at all as I expected it to be. I feel that, um, I expected, uh, French people to be a little bit more shut down, uh, because I, I, I've heard all my life that they were very, you know, very close knit uh -huh. community and amongst them or not. But what I found is just people that were very curious about who I was and where I came from and mm -hmm. what it is that I did in Colombia and the way that we lived here. They were very open minded about learning about my culture and asking, you know, the questions without being insulting. You know, they didn't want to, they were genuinely curious. Right. Um, but I also got a lot of, but you don't seem Colombian. <laughs> from, right. Yeah. This has happened to me all the time. Yeah. You don't see, like, you don't act like a normal Colombian, like, whatever normal Colombian exactly. means. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. But you don't act like a normal Colombian. I've heard that so many times. And I think that it's also, it's, it's also part of the way that I've been um, exposed to different cultures that yeah. I just, um, I'm, I just have, I, I have like a mix of, I've taken things from different cultures that I like. So for example, one of the things that I, I am or what I do is that I'm usually very blunt and I'm very direct. Mm -hmm. This is very American, right? So you just go yeah. to straight to the point. Uh -huh. uh, Colombian people are not like that. They're, they just like to adorn things and just, you know, beat around the bush before they get to the point. So I've gotten in trouble for that a lot of times. <laughs> because in your I own think country, I'm I guess, rude. yeah. Yeah, yeah, of yeah. course, because they think I'm being rude, but I'm not being rude. I'm just, I'm just being efficient. Right. I just want to have like, yeah, yeah, yeah. a short conversation. I'm just being efficient. And Latinos, and Latinos don't do that usually. They might, they, oh. they, they, they will prefer 
prefer not to answer the question at all and, yeah. and, and then avoid the conflict as well, then to actually indeed be efficient, like you said. True, mm. exactly. Mm. And so for me, it's, I just see it in work emails, for example. If you see a work email from someone, uh, one of my clients or my, or my suppliers, uh, I work for its big uh, trading company yeah. uh, in, in Colombia or in any other country in Latin America, they're usually very long, very explanatory, and they're very detailed. Right. Uh, you know, sometimes you just don't need all those details. You just have to go straight to the point, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, okay, so, so the, the fact that the French were not as close as you thought they were. Yeah, that's something that for me was an eye-opener. Uh -huh. uh, which part of France uh, were you, by the way? Because if, 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 if the French audience is listening, they think, yeah, but France, I mean, Paris is different from France. <laughs> no, which I, was, uh, I was in a small town called Saint-Étienne, which is about an hour away by train from Lyon. Yeah. Um, it's a very small town. Uh, I was, a, I was, I was with a, a family of like, uh, they were a foster family, I mm -hmm. would say, you know, I don't know if that's the right word to well, use in this family, case. Yeah. 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 I guess family they were taking me in for the 10 months I was there and they were, um, they were, they had all been born there and they had all been brought up there. So mm -hmm. it's, it's a very, you know, uh, very, it was very small, very small, uh, community. It's it's funny what you said in terms of um, that many people have said to you like, but you don't look Colombian, you know, and and which is which I've I've also I can relate to that because it's it's um, and this is for for my in the future I'm going to uh, to Guatemala for two months in um, June and uh, July and August so these two months I'll, I'll be away and um, my son he's 26 at this moment and he's coming with me for for half of that period. And mm -hmm. he thinks he's going to step into, I don't know, some some extraordinary backward part of the world, like where there's no running water, you know, where where <laughs> where there are only thieves in the streets, um, and uh, and where nothing is safe, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, and where where people, I don't, I don't think he has any idea what to expect there. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm looking at in your, I guess we're in in your in your apartment or in your house in the the place yeah. where you live, and what I'm looking at is. This look. This looks like any standard for me European. I don't know living or or office or or room, you know. Mm -hmm. So you're not so different. I mean, in the way you look, at least. Now. So yeah, I find that I find that interesting because I think he's going to experience the same thing as well. Actually, well, you're quite normal as well. <laughs> yeah. Normal. All right. So you you left. You spent three years in France. Um, uh, that was for work, the, I presume, or not? That was the second time around. No, actually, um, I was finishing university in Colombia. I went to, to university in Bogota. And the last year of university, I decided to do an exchange program with uh, a university or, a, uh, yeah, in, in Paris. So mm -hmm. this was in Paris. Mm -hmm. And um, I was there for three years because after I finished, uh, my, after I got my degree, mm -hmm. Uh, I was offered a job. Okay. So I stayed for a couple more years in Paris working. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, so at least you know a little bit about um, uh, about Europe. You must have probably have visited other places as well during the, that period that you were yeah. there. So you have some some knowledge um, of of Europe as well. I'm asking this because uh, most of what, at least as my experience, it, is that Latin America looks north. If, I mean, yeah. if, if the United States sneezes, you have a cold, for instance, and that, that's that's the expression I tend to use. So, but you've also lived in the in the U.S. What is what is the big difference between Americans and Latinos, or maybe Americans and Colombians specifically? 
Um, well, the, the one thing that I just mentioned, you know, just being very blunt, very efficient, very yeah. direct. Americans usually are, you know, uh, like that. Uh, I also feel that uh, they're not, I mean, I, w- I wouldn't generalize because, of course, there are exceptions. But yeah. Americans are a lot more independent and they're a lot more, um, I mean, in regards to their family ties. Right. Latin Americans in general, if they could live with their mother until their, yeah, yeah. <laughs> until oh, yeah. their whole life, they would do it, you know, and their mothers would allow it. Yeah. Um, yeah. In Latin America, we're very, very tight uh, with family, but it's, uh, for me, sometimes a little bit excessive, to yeah. be honest. Yeah. Um, whereas in the States, are a little bit more, you know, it's family. I respect them. I love them, but I don't want to see them all the time. Yeah. Thanksgiving is good. Christmas is good. And that's it. Exactly. Well, well, sort of. Um, of here, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> of course. But yeah, that's, that's, that's the point. The other thing is that, um, well, Miami is a, is an exception uh, because yeah. Miami is a very Latino. Muy, muy, but every muy time muy I go to the north of, of the U.S., so for example, Connecticut, I love going to Connecticut, um, mm. people are just a lot more civic, I would say. They're a lot more respectful uh, they don't mess, they don't meddle, you know, they don't, they don't talk about other people, just go, just gossip for gossiping to put it in a way. Whereas in Colombia or in general Latin America, that's very common. You just, you know, when you go to a social setting, people are like commenting on other people's lives all the time. And that pisses me off. Like, seriously, <laughs> it just pisses me off because I always think, okay, what, who, first of all, who are you to judge other people? And mm-hmm. secondly, you don't have the full story of whatever happened. Like you don't, you're not on that people on that person's shoes. You don't right. understand what you're yeah. talking about. Mm-hmm. You might as well talk about something meaningful, right? And mm-hmm. um, so that's a, a big difference as well. Okay. I think there's a lot more um, respect for other people's private lives in the U.S. Yeah. Then um, what you earlier said, you'd like to be straightforward and direct and efficient as well. Wasn't there then more of a natural fit with you being in the U.S.? Yeah, definitely. Uh, Definitely. I I felt uh, more at home, actually. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I like it. And I like going there. I I travel to the U.S. maybe two or three times per year. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. And you're not being treated... uh, bad because you're latino because of this all this this stuff going on with with uh, latinos not being welcome and uh and of course the, it gets exaggerated more and more on a from a political and news standpoint as well yeah. or is that is the thing the experience any negative um, uh, things from that well n- not in the u.s no i think fortunately i haven't encountered any any bigger you know any bigotry or any you know yeah. xenophobia or anything in the u.s uh but okay uh I do travel to Miami. So Miami, like I said, it's like Latin America. Yeah. When I travel to Miami, I do it for work. Mm. When I go to Connecticut, um, it's a whole different, it's a whole different country, Connecticut, yeah. you know, in comparison yeah, yeah. to Miami. Um, no, I mean, it is very waspy where I go to, uh-huh. uh, but people are very decent in general. And it's, I uh, just to explain what waspy, what you mean with waspy, I know what it is, but some so, of the audience might not. Yeah, so wasp, a wasp is a white Anglo-Saxon Presbyterian. So right. that's a, a way to call people that are from northeastern New York, uh, which are descendants from English, and yeah. you know, so it's it's this kind of settings, this kind of communities that they have up there. I've met several Latin American people in Connecticut, though. Mm-hmm. So the, the community up there is also big. 
Yeah. Uh, but like I mentioned, there, I haven't had any run-ins or any issues. Like I hear people when I go out, for example, shopping or, or whatever, I hear people talking in Spanish amongst them and there's nobody yelling at them because they're not talking in English. Yeah, so yeah. Yeah. fortunately it hasn't been, it hasn't been my case. Yeah. No. Okay. That's good. Well, it is the biggest growing population. Um, I mean, different language population, if, if you want, in terms of, uh, of not being Caucasian, uh, yeah. Latinos at least are, are growing there. Yes. Yeah. Um, let me see. Uh, just, I want to get back to, uh, to Colombia and just a, a question. I was in, um, in Quito in Ecuador in November last year, November 2018, uh, mm-hmm. because I need to mention that because we're doing this recording in February 2019 for those of you listening in the future to this podcast. So I was, uh, I was in November, uh, 2018 in, uh, in Ecuador and I had, um, uh, my, my business partner there showed me around the, uh, the old town and he also pinpointed like, look at them. Those are Venezuelans. Those are Venezuelans. Those are Venezuelans. Uh, because of the, the humanitarian crisis going on currently in, um, in Venezuela, what do you get from that in, cause Colombia took up, I don't know, a million refugees from, from Venezuela, no? Over a million, yeah. Over a million. What what do you get from what do you get from there? Okay, well, there's um, that's a big debate in my country right mm-hmm. now uh, because we uh, we share a border with Venezuela. Yeah. We've gotten uh, many of the people that don't have the money to travel further south or or up north, mm-hmm. uh, and you see them mainly in uh, the bordering, the cities that are near to the border to Venezuela, okay. but they're also in the main cities like Bogota, Cali, Medellin. Yeah. Uh, and there's two types of, of Venezuelan, uh, the ones that um, have been very lucky or lucky enough to actually find a job mm-hmm. that has, that is paying them well. And mm-hmm. they're, you know, they're actually doing something that they have been trained for back in their home country. Yeah. Uh and there's the other type of Venezuelans that are Venezuelans that are very poor and they're here in like the most horrific conditions because they're refugees. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't have money to fulfill their basic needs. Yeah. Uh, and they've had, uh, they've had, they've had a really, a really tough time. Mm. Not only because, you know, being away from your country in this situation when you're forced to leave your country like yeah. that must be very tra- traumatic. I Absolutely. would say I've never, yeah experience that no, but no. it must be very traumatic uh but also the fact that um there there isn't a lot of of help i would say that i know a lot of people uh from my community that are actually dedicated to help some of these venezuelans that are having a really tough time mm-hmm. but they're the exception yeah. uh okay. the big the big issue that we're having right now in colombia is all the xenophobia that is actually you know just building towards venezuelan yeah, so it's 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 in group out group. I mean, it's the Colombians against the Venezuelans, if you want. Yeah, and it's taken a it's taken a, a you know big position in what's going on right now. It's a strong position in 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 many parts of the of the country, and I, I think that's really sad. And I think it's very unfortunate because Venezuela has helped Colombia many mm. times in the past. You know, mm. when they were. A democracy, and they were uh, having all this this economic uh, boom, or yeah. this it's being really good, you know, because they had the oil and yeah, yeah. managed more or less properly, I would say, because I know that they've had also issues with corruption in the past, like every mm-hmm. other country in Latin America. No. Uh, they they gave us, I mean, they have given us a hand so many times, mm-hmm. and now that they need us, we turn our backs to them, and mm-hmm. I don't understand why, mm-hmm. but you know. 
Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Yeah. Well, it's true, yeah. And I know a couple of Venezuelans who uh, actually once sought refugee refugee here, or, or, or asylum, rather, um, asked for asylum. I know many uh, of them who have double nationality, which usually is Spanish, and, um, and going to Spain, indeed. Uh, because of yeah. their background. Um, okay, there's, there's, um, thanks for, for, uh, for shedding some light on that as well. I'm going to ask you how this thing is going to end in Venezuela because we all hope it's going to turn uh. and, and, and at least I think we all hope this. Um, there's one thing that we talked about before the interview and one of the questions I always ask my guests is, what do you not want to talk about? And you mentioned drugs. I don't want to talk about drugs. Then you started talking and then I said, okay, can, can, do you mind telling me this then? Um, because, we don't. We're, you said I don't want to talk about drugs. We're going to talk about drugs just briefly, to <laughs> sort of set the record straight on on this idolizing of one person, which is Pablo Escobar, and yeah. the other thing is, look, oh, you're from Colombia. That means that you must either do drugs, have drugs, a family that has drugs, etc. It's it's pretty much the same. That when they hear that I'm from Amsterdam, it's like, okay, do you smoke? Do you smoke weed as well? Heck no! I I mean I have I, I was seventeen. Come on, it's, it's so it's not like that. So yeah. how does how does that work for you? Well, for me it's a very touchy subject uh -huh. because I've encountered I've encountered a lot of ignorant people abroad. Yeah, and also in my country, but ignorant in in regards to you know the the oh. drug issue that we have in Colombia. I feel that people are just not well informed. Okay. And so, so what they, are they missing? What what information are they missing? Are you mainly are, talking about foreigners here? Mainly about foreigners, yes. Yeah. Because people in Colombia, you know, we've lived this, we've lived the whole uh, drug period. When I was when I was born, uh, that was like the beginning of the cartels, more yeah. or less. And I remember my mom when I was very young. She wouldn't let me go out because they were afraid that a, a bomb might, you know, go yeah. off or. You know that we would be caught in the middle of uh, of a shooting between cartels or whatever, right. and it was it was very it was a very scary time. Yeah, and I think that people that have not uh, lived in Colombia that they, they don't really understand what this means to us mm -hmm. in terms of the impact that this has had in our in our country in terms of um, politics, in terms of you know just social uh, impact. Mm -hmm economic impact and it still does because it's not it's far from being and you know from being done we still yeah. have these issues here so whenever i go uh, abroad and someone asks me and this i've had i've heard before so many times you know like oh you're colombian so you must you know you must have cocaine on you or whatever that to me is like uh, seriously i mean I, i don't take that lightly and yeah i don't understand the people that come here or even i mean people from abroad that come here And they visit, you know, Pablo Escobar's tomb, and they take pictures, and then you can see that they're all over, you know, the internet. Mm -hmm. uh, or you know, there's a, a guy, a rapper, I don't remember his name. He smoked, he smoked a joint on like next to Pablo Escobar's mm -hmm. tomb or whatever, and they idolize the guy, you know, mm -hmm. abroad. Some people because yeah, you know, he was like a, you know, the, the big man. He was a, you know, the capo. Yeah. He yeah. was a horrible, horrible person. Oh, yeah. He was very, very smart. He was extremely smart, but he was. A horrible person yeah. and he did so many things that i don't understand how people would be like would, would no, agree i think even steven spielberg would not be able to make a movie on, on 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 imagine what he has done indeed yeah no the guy was he was he was an, he was a he was a beast yeah and i remember uh 
one time I was in, this was not long ago, I was in Connecticut actually, and uh, I was in, the, in an aquarium, and I saw a guy, and he was actually, he, had, he was wearing a t-shirt mm -hmm. with Pablo Escobar's ID on it. Uh, this is like something that I, I saw they were selling uh, yeah. online, and there's t-shirts with his ID and some stuff printed on it. I just got, I just saw red. I was so enraged. Mm -hmm. Like, why do people think this is okay? Mm -hmm. You know, yeah, yeah. it's like people. If it's if it's more or less like someone would just wear a T-shirt with about uh, you know Osama bin Laden's face yeah, on yeah, it, or something. yeah, something like that. You know, would, would, would you so, say that the majority of the people in Colombia, the most of Colombians, are on your side agree with with what you say? I would say most, but yeah. not all. Okay. Yes, definitely not all, because he did actually do a lot of uh, he built a lot of houses and he gave a lot to a very depressed and like very. Mm -hmm poor communities in, in Medellin and they still worship the guy because mm. of that because mm. he would provide for them things that the the state wouldn't yeah. uh, so I understand these people as well you know because uh, this guy had all this money and he just you know start giving it away to them just making their lives better yeah uh, but most of the Colombians we don't I mean we don't care for Pablo Escobar yeah. No, no, no. Okay, makes good sense. What, what? Um, thank you for 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 talking about this and at least you know shedding some light um, on this and 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 emphasizing again that it's it's something that is has hurt the country, the people really deeply to the bone. And even now, I mean, we're we're twenty years past um, uh, his uh, his death now. I think. And it's still not yeah. done. I mean, and and what I saw, what what I noticed actually is in when I was in Guatemala last uh, in December, at every kind of TV shows, the, the, the telenovelas, you know, mm -hmm. they there's always seem to be like a very close link to drugs. It's always yeah. not. I'm not saying always because things are usually not always. But um, for instance, I'm watching this TV series La, La Reina del Flow. The mm -hmm. um, you've heard of that? It's it's a Colombian yeah. uh, uh, well soap in a way. Um, it's one series on Netflix and it has eighty two episodes. It's uh, it's it's amazing. And also there, I mean, this is a this is a show which re basically revolves about around singers, you know, reggaeton yeah. singers. But it's the the root cause of all the issue is a drug shipment. Yeah. Um, so and it it seems to be around the corner pretty much always. Um, so oh, it it is definitely embedded in our culture like yeah. and it's not gonna go anywhere anytime soon uh this this um you know type of soaps or types of shows uh started in colombia yeah uh, a long time ago yeah. uh and they were just viewed by colombian people but they got the ratings were so high yeah. and to me that's like i don't understand why people get a kick out of this you know it's And and they were so high that they started producing them for a, yeah. a much wider audience. But but nowadays, I I still refuse to watch Narcos on Netflix. Like okay, I'm yeah. not. <laughs> that's not an option <laughs> no. for me. But you would watch yeah. La, La Reina del Flow. No. The no, Queen no. of Flow. You no. would watch that. No. Okay. Mm -mm, no. I like the music, so that's why I'm watching. And it's <laughs> it's good practice for Spanish as well. Um, all right, well, we we covered a lot really uh, from from Colombia to France to a little bit of Belgium. Um, and um, to some TV shows as well. Kali, is is that on an altitude? We're only a thousand meters above sea level. Okay, so generally you would have a, a decently warm climate there. Very warm, and we're two hours and a half away by car from the ocean, the Pacific Ocean. Two and a half hours, okay. And then it's all there. It's always hot, of course. Yes, very humid. 
very humid and very hot. Okay. Mm-hmm. I've never been to Colombia and I'd, I'd love to go because I've seen some nice, um, also music videos. Uh, it's, uh, what is his name? Carlos Vives made a, made a video yeah. with, uh, and, and showing, uh, uh, the bits and pieces of the country. You know, yeah. it's like a, it's like a little advertisement for Colombia. Yeah. Uh, he's and, awesome. Yeah, and showing all the good sides of Colombia, of course. Yeah. All right, Isabel. Before we uh, before we say goodbye, can I ask you to give us the audience three tips from your experience to become more culturally competent? Okay, the first one would be travel a okay. lot. Just travel, and when you're traveling, get to know local people as much as you can. You know, just talk to them, spark a conversation with. If you're going to a bar, spark a conversation with a barman. If you you know, if you meet people uh, at some sort of, you know, museum or something like that, try to talk to people there and try to learn from their culture uh-huh. firsthand. Okay. That That's one thing. The second thing is read a lot. Please just, I would say that um, information is the most important thing and not just don't get it from one source. You should, you know, just go out and try and get information from different sources would so you that say, you would can you say newspapers or something like the Economist I would or say, Lonely Planet. I, I would say wherever you want. I okay. would say you can go to newspapers. You can go to blogs. There are you know people that blog about culture, about traveling, about different countries. I would yeah. say there are very good books as well. Uh, just find different sources to uh-huh. to find about other cultures and not just keep one version of yeah. of, of anything because yeah. that doesn't that doesn't do, that doesn't uh, serve the purpose. I would yeah. say. And the other thing I would recommend is the people to work on themselves to become more tolerant. Mm. Uh, I think this world is actually lacking a lot of tolerance towards other people's uh, beliefs, other people's way of thinking, other ways, other people's opinions. And uh, if we could just be tolerant of mm-hmm. each other, I think this, this would be a much better world. Mm. Yeah. Good point. All right. Travel, read, and be more tolerant. Work on yourself. I like that one as well. Yes. All right. Isabel Cortez, if people want to get in touch with you, how could they do that? They can reach me on my email. It's pretty easy. It's Isabel, B-E-L, Cortez with an S, at gmail.com. Okay. Uh, if you want to reach out and ask anything you want about Colombia, I'm more than happy to, you know, answer any of your questions. If you're coming to Cali, Shoot me an email. I'm more than happy to show you to show you around as oh, well. Oh, you do tours well, as well. Uh, That's good. <laughs> yeah, I, I I like showing people around my city because mm-hmm. I like showing them. You know, Cali is actually the capital of salsa of the world. Okay, cool. I didn't know that. So, so I learned how to dance before I, I learned how to walk, basically. <laughs> and I like taking people out for dancing classes and, you know, right. just having a good general time. People here are very nice. Okay, cool. So, yeah. All right. Well, thanks so much. Thanks for the talk. I'm pretty sure we'll bump into each other in the future. Thank you, Chris. Bye. Bye. Thank you, Isabel. It was a pleasure having you on the show number 114. I'm pretty sure we'll uh, bump into each other in the future. All right. If you haven't left a review for this podcast, I'd really appreciate if you would do that. And, uh, of course, a five-star rating would be uh, appreciated a lot. The music is from Bensound. Check out out what they have online on bensound.com. My name is Chris Smith. This was the Culture Matters Podcast. And I'll be back in two weeks' time. Last week in episode 113, we had three people, three kids on board the show. Um, Keith, Valeria and Emily talked about their school life being children in their school. Check that episode out as well. That's it for this episode. 
Culture Matters, making you understand cultural diversity better by interviewing real people with real experiences. Your host, Chris Smith, has a plan. A plan for people who are looking for a solution.